Jonah, that's in the Old Testament, Jonah chapter 2, this is a short book, if you want some homework this week, I would encourage you to read the whole book, but we will not cover the whole book this morning, just one chapter, it's a short chapter, so have no fear, Jonah chapter 2, perhaps some of you have heard this story before. Maybe some of you have heard it many times. Maybe some of you have never heard it at all. But it is a wonderful story with a lot for us to consider. It's a lot that goes on in these four chapters. Jonah chapter 2. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father God, we come to you, and I pray, God, that you would just hide me behind the cross, that I can preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me to each one of us today, that we would all hear from you, that these words that we read would be words that perhaps correct us if we need it, encourage us if we need it, dear Lord, strengthen us. God, whatever it may be that we need in our life, your word is so good. And it can reach all of us where we are. So, God, you know where we are today. And regardless of how good or how bad our life has been, we need you just the same. And so, God, I pray that you just bless this time we have all for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. A brief recap before we get to Jonah chapter 2. God had called Jonah to go preach to a sinful people, and Jonah refused. God said, go this way, and Jonah said, I'm going this way. And Jonah got on a ship, and Jonah was going to head out of town, and all was well. He had run from God, and he had escaped God's calling in his life, but here's the thing about God's calling in your life. It is hard to escape. Now, for those who have ever been called to ministry, perhaps you can appreciate that more than others. I myself felt called to do the Lord's work at a young age, and I rejected that calling. I ran from that calling, but God has a way of getting people that he wants to use where he wants to use them. So God has a way of poking and prodding us and getting our attention Perhaps God has gotten your attention before. Well, God is going to get Jonah's attention here. Jonah's on the boat. He's downstairs asleep. All is good. He's escaped his calling of the Lord until a storm strikes. Things on the boat got really bad. The crew on the ship and the people on the ship did their best to try to keep the ship afloat, but the storm was too bad. Well, they said, we, this is punishment. Somebody here has done wrong. We've got to figure out who the wrongdoer is. And they cast lots, and they determined that it was Jonah who had done wrong. And they said, Jonah, what in the world have you done? Because he had already told them that he was running from God, the Scripture says. And they said, what in the world have you done? What do we need to do? And Jonah said, look, just throw me over the side of the ship. Now, Jonah knew. Jonah knew that he had done wrong. And he said, throw me overboard and." The guys on the ship, they were reluctant to do so, but they realized that the storm was not getting any better. And so they said, all right, God forgive us for what we're about to do. And they threw Jonah over the side of the ship and the storm ceased. 
Now that would have been bad enough, floating around out there in the middle of the sea by yourself with nowhere to go and have to swim back to shore if possible, but that was not even the worst of Jonah's problems. For you see, when he was thrown over the side of the boat, he was swallowed up by a big fish, possibly a whale, perhaps some other type of fish. And oh, can you imagine what that must have been like? Now, I suspect it would not have been like Pinocchio. If you have ever watched Pinocchio, the whale is quite huge. They have enough room to do all kind of stuff. They could have built a house inside that whale. Perhaps the whale that Jonah, or the fish that Jonah was inside of, was that large, or perhaps not. But then again, how large does a big fish have to be to make it undesirable to be inside of it? You ever went fishing before? You ever cleaned a fish? Could you imagine being up in the middle of all of that junk? Yet that is exactly where Jonah found himself. Perhaps there's a sermon in just that that we could spend time on. That when we run from the Lord and reject the Lord and are disobedient to the Lord, we get into a lot of trouble. Now, we know that, you know that, you knew that before you had to come here today because there have been times in your life that you did wrong and you got into trouble, that you didn't listen to the Lord and you got into trouble. The question is not, will you and I ever find ourselves in trouble because of our disobedience? But the question is, how will you respond? And that's what we see here in Jonah chapter 2 we see Jonah's response. Verse 1, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help in the belly of Sheol. You heard my voice. Here is where we should start in our difficult times, perhaps of our own doing, is we start where Jonah started, and Jonah started with praying to the Lord. And what does he say twice here? He answered me. He heard my voice. Praise the Lord. Jonah recounts these events and what took place. He had been on the ship. He had been thrown overboard. He had been eaten by this big fish, and he responded to the Lord by crying out to God, and God heard him. Now, some of us today perhaps need to call out to the Lord. Perhaps some of you today are already calling out to the Lord, and you simply need to be reminded this morning that God has heard you. When you call out to the Lord from your heart, not just from your lips, but from your heart, God hears you. So perhaps today you are in the belly of your big fish in the belly of Sheol, in the belly of hell, some of your translations will say, in a deep and dark place in which it is a horrible place to be, apart from the presence and the power of the Lord. That's where Jonah was, and Jonah prayed to God, and God heard him. And what did Jonah pray? Verse 3, You threw me into the depths, into the heart of of the seas and the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. 
But I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. Oh, what an amazing event that must have been. Jonah is thrown into the sea that is raging and he is overtaken by the waves. And what a beautiful illustration that is for us. If you've ever been in water and waves that come, when a wave knocks you down, it is a scary thing. When waves continue to come in and knock you down and you're in the water and you can't get your bearings and it's pulling you under and you can't breathe and you see another wave coming, and another wave coming and you're attempting to get back to shore as quickly as you can to safety. But the waves continue to come blow after blow after blow. And so Jonah was in the raging sea, but it got worse. Not only the pounding waves, not only the storm, but to then be eaten by a fish. And oh, Jonah had sinned. And Jonah knew he had sinned. Maybe Jonah knew that's exactly where he deserved to be. Because really you and I are no better. Because of our sins, we don't deserve anything but whatever punishment God desires to bring forth upon us. That is what we deserve. Now, we don't like to say that, but that is the truth of the matter. But praise the Lord that God does not give us what we deserve. Perhaps in a moment he allows us to suffer as he did Jonah. But never, never, I don't believe, with the purpose of destroying us, but with the purpose of bringing us to repentance, with the purpose of, of coming back to him. Jonah had run away from him. Now, God wasn't through with Jonah. God wanted Jonah to come back to him. And how did that start? Where did that start? It started in the worst place that Jonah could be with a prayer to the Lord. And perhaps that's what God is calling you to today. Perhaps God is calling you to come to him or to come back to him. And perhaps today God has put you where you are in the worst place that you could possibly imagine being, so that in that place you would call out to the Lord, not for anything more than his mercy and his grace. And what does Jonah say? What beautiful words here. He says, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I will look once more. I wonder how many times in Jonah's life before this point he had sinned against the Lord and he had repented to the Lord and he had called out to the Lord and here again he was disobedient and found himself in a bad place. And what does he say in the midst of this? No matter how many times he may have called out to the Lord before, he said, yet I will look to the Lord once more toward your holy temple. That is the dwelling place of the God, uh, to the, of the Lord. I will look to your presence. God, I desire to be in your presence. God, I don't deserve your mercy. I don't deserve your grace. God, I have gotten myself into this situation. God, I have sinned. I have sinned against you alone. I have asked for your forgiveness 
And you have forgiven me time and time again. And God, I can't even hardly bear to go before you. But with boldness, God, I will come before your throne once more. Because where else can I go? So perhaps that's a good starting place for us today. Perhaps today you say, I have sinned too greatly and too often. And God has forgiven me too many times before. And I can't bear to go before the Lord. But perhaps today you need to go before the Lord one more time. Yet once more, God, in all your grace and all your mercy, in all of my sin, God, I will come to you once more. That's where Jonah started in his prayer. And that's where you and I need to start in our prayers. Verse 5. The waters engulfed me up to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountain. The earth with its prison bars closed behind me forever. You raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered Yahweh. My prayer came to you, to your holy temple. What a scary place that must have been for Jonah. There inside the belly of the big fish with all the gnarly nastiness that was there. In darkness, feeling as though he had been imprisoned and his life was over. There in prison forever in the belly of the beast. But what did he do? In verse 7, as my life was fading away. How many of us feel that way sometimes in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our sin, that we feel as though our life is over. Our life will soon come to an end. I am in a spot that there is no way out of. There was no way out of this big fish for Jonah. Wasn't like Pinocchio, they wasn't going to start a fire in there and all of a sudden he's going to spit him out. Nope, there was no hope. There was nothing that Jonah was going to be able to do. He was in the worst place he could be and his life would soon draw to an end as he was imprisoned forever in the belly of the beast. And as his life was fading away, he did not give up. Now, that's what you and I may be tempted to do. Wouldn't it be a horrible thing that if this passage ended there, as my life was fading away, I gave up? That would be a horrible way for this story to end, and that is not how Jonah's story ended. And that is not how God desires for our stories to end. As life is fading away for us in the midst of our sin, we must do what Jonah did. And what did Jonah do? He said, I remembered Yahweh. That's God. I remembered God. Perhaps there are some in this room today and we need to remember God. Now, it's not that you have forgotten God. Like, oh, all of a sudden, wait a minute. You just said, I forgot about that God. No, you know God is there. That's not what he means. A lot of you know, probably all of you, know God exists 
but you have forgotten God and that you have stopped living for God. You no longer seek God. You're no longer obedient to God. You have been living so much for yourself in the world that for all intents and purposes, you have forgotten God. And sometimes, as sad as it is for us to admit, the only way that God is going to get us to remember is to allow us to be in the belly of the beast. And as his life was fading away, he remembered God. His prayer came to God in his holy temple. Again, that idea of God's dwelling place, the presence of God. He comes before the presence of God and he prays to God in his deepest, darkest moment. And what else can we do? What else can you and I do than pray to God in our deepest, darkest times? There is nothing else we can do. There is no deliverance to be had apart from God. There is no joy, our peace, our comfort, our strength, or anything to be had apart from God. So where can I go but to the Lord? There is nowhere for us to go. And sometimes God has to as hard as it is, allow us to go through situations like Jonah's to get us where he wants us to be, and that is in his presence. Verse 8, those who cling to worthless idols forsake faithful love. How many times do we find ourselves clinging to things that are worthless how many times do we find ourselves clinging to something or someone other than the Lord? Now, what makes the Lord great is that God is love. That is the most beautiful and wonderful truth that we can ever know, that God is love that God cares for us, that God provides for us, that God desires to keep us safe, that even in the midst of our sin, that God sent His one and only Son so that whosoever believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life because God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save them. John three sixteen and 17. That's what God wants. He doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to save you. He wants to show you his faithful love. And what better feeling is there in this world than to know you are loved? What better feeling is a husband than to know your wife loves you? What better feeling is a wife to know that your husband loves you? What better feeling is a parent is it to love your kids and know your kids love you? What better feeling is it for a child to know that their parents love them, what better feeling is it for our community of believers to come and hug each other's necks and shake each other's hands and to love each other? What feels better than love? There is no greater thing in this world than love, and there is no greater love than Jesus Christ. And when, when we cling to what is worthless, we forsake what is most valuable. But God desires for us today to live in his love, not to cling to what is worthless. And so those who cling to worthless idols forsake God's faithful love. But as for me, 
But as for me, Jonah said, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. Jonah says, Some have clung, cling, I don't know if that's a word, to what is worthless, but he knew that the source of any joy is in the faithful love of God. And so he says, I will not be one who clings to what is worthless. Perhaps he had. Perhaps in his disobedience and his sins and whatever led him to make the decision he had made, he had, he had begun to seek out the things that were worthless. But no more. No more. He knows that there is nothing better than the faithful love of God. So I will not be one who clings to the worthless, but as for me, I will sacrifice to you. I will serve you. I will follow you. I will be obedient to you, God. And what does he close with here? He says, salvation is from the Lord. Now that's what you and I all desire right here today is to be saved, to be delivered from the, the pain and the heartache and the sin and the suffering in our life. And who else could Jonah go to but to the Lord because he knew the most important truth and that is salvation comes from no one but the Lord. God, I have sinned. God, I am in this situation. God, yet once more, I will call out to you. God, hear my prayer. God, I do not want to seek and desire what is worthless. God, I want to cling to you because there is salvation in no other. God, I am in my deepest and darkest place. And God, I pray by your grace and by your mercy that you save me from the belly of this beast and the place in which I am right now. And that needs to be our prayer today. That is how you pray. If you say, I don't know what to pray, I don't know what to say, Jonah 2 is a good passage for you to bookmark. Jonah shows us how to pray with a weak and humble heart that calls out to God and asks for His mercy and His grace, even if we are deserving, because where else can we go but to the Lord? There is salvation and no other this morning. Perhaps... You are like Jonah today. Maybe you have run from a calling that God has placed on your life. Maybe God is calling you to be a preacher or a teacher or a missionary. Maybe there's other sin in your life that's caused you to be in the situation that you are in. Whatever gets us to our deep, dark places, perhaps on occasion it's not even anything that we have done ourselves but it really doesn't matter because when we are in our deepest, darkest place, we do not want to be there. We want to be saved. We want to be spared. And whatever got us to the deep, dark place we are in, I can assure you that there's only one thing that will get us out of it, and that is God. But as for me, Jonah says, I will serve you. So what about us this morning? What about us? Will we leave here with the same sin we brought in? 
Will we leave here running from the Lord just as we did when we come in? Or will we say, God, I have sinned. God, I am in a deep, dark place. God, I need you. So God, for me, I seek you this morning because there is no other that I can seek than Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for these beautiful words of Jonah. And God, we get it today. We get it because we've been there. God, we're, we've been in those deep, dark places, God. Sometimes because of our own doing like Jonah. Sometimes because of things beyond our control. But God, maybe there are some here this morning that are in that spot where it's just tough, God. God, maybe you brought them here today just to hear these words. Maybe they felt like they, their life is slipping away, dear Lord. But God, I pray that as we feel as though our lives are fading away, that like Jonah, we remember you, dear Lord. That even if we have called out to you a million times before, yet once more, dear Lord, let us call out to you again today. God, maybe we have been clinging to worthless things in our life. But God, let us no longer forsake your faithful love, but know it today. God, you show us your love through the forgiveness of our sins, of Jesus Christ. God, that's why we can come here and read these words with assurance and hope. Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and was raised again so that we can have the boldness to come before your throne and ask for forgiveness, dear Lord. It's not because we deserve it or because we've earned it, but because Jesus has said, I will take their sin for them. Jesus has said, I love them in the midst of their sin. So God, those here today who are weary and heavy laden, let them come to Jesus Christ so he can give them rest. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.